Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Um, I was doing devotions and doing some Bible uh, stuff with Brooklyn, and um, we were coming across Moses. And I love it because things, you know, will strike in me, get inspired. And we were reading about how Moses was leading the Israelites, you know, through through the desert on the way to the promised land. And, oh, I know you do, Leslie. <laughs> and um, they stop. And uh, this is where Moses gets the Ten Commandments. He goes up on Mount Sinai. Now, it's kind of, you know, such a big story. So it is in Exodus 32 if you want to go back and read it later. But the whole point of it is he goes up to talk to God. He's up there talking to God on Mount Sinai and he's gone for 40 days. Well, during this time, okay, God never changed. He's still the one that delivered them out of Egypt. He's still the one that got them free, got them across the Red Sea on dry land. No one feeble among them, carrying gold and silver, the blessing, you know, providing food for them in the desert. So they are go, they've gone through to see how magnificent and powerful God is and how he's not going to let them down and he's going to take care and he's going to provide. Well, here is Moses off to talk to God, and this is where he gets the Ten Commandments. But while he's gone, this is when what happens. The Israelites are all of a sudden impatient. Have we ever been there? Have we ever been believing God for something? Have we ever been uh, praying and we're just not seeing what we're looking for? How about if God told you to do something? God had said, you know, this is the next step in your life that I want you to do. This is the next step. This is the next path that I'm, I'm leading you down. This is the next open door. This is the next, you know, that he's instructed you to do. But here we are thinking, wait a second. He's left me high and dry. My prayers aren't getting answered. Um, looking for the next step. Here's the next step, but you know, I still need to wait. I got a good story for you coming up on that one, personal story. Um, so you have to understand that God never left the Israelites when Moses was off dealing with God and receiving the Ten Commandments. But while they, he was gone, now they're begging Moses's brother Aaron to build something else, something else that they can see. Something else that was in front of them that they could believe. Something else. It was an instant gratification. It was a self-centered thing that they needed to have, needed to see, needed to believe in. You know, we sing that song, Waymaker, and then the bridge, it's like, even when I don't see you, you're working. Um, and now the rest of it completely slipped my mind. But you guys know what the bridge part is. <laughs> even when I don't see you, you're working. Um, Oh, you never stop. You never stop. But see, he's working. We might not see it in the moment. We might not feel it in the moment. But there is something that is happening. And what happens is 
we will begin to, we get doubtful in a lot of our waiting time, right? We start thinking, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe he's not going to heal me. Maybe he's not going to provide for me. Maybe that job wasn't for me. We get a little doubtful in the waiting time. Uh, we get impatient. So, uh, you know, God says, this is what I, where I want you to go. But is it this exact time? Is it in six months? You know, so, um, yeah, she said if we, something tangible, they think God forgot about them. But he has never, ever, nor will he ever forget his children. He will never, ever forget his children. And so, um, since we live in a world that expects instant gratification, we have that mentality where it's, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I want it now. Uh, now we have Amazon. You know, someone sent Brooklyn a, a birthday present last week from Amazon, and she wrote me back. She's like, holy cow, that's going to get there the same day by 6 o'clock. She was like, oh, to live in a city where Amazon comes the same day. But see, that's our mentality. And when we ask for something, I want it now. You know, you kind of get that bratty kid mentality. I want it now. Th this is the only time it's going to work. It's going to work now. I have to have it. Or, you know, like you're praying for healing in your body, praying for somebody else. I'm not seeing it work as fast as I like. I'm not seeing, you know, and then you realize that it all becomes self-centered. It's always, it's not, it's not working fast enough based on what I want, what I think how it's supposed to go down. You know, it's funny, we always want to pray and ask God for his direction and opinion, but if it doesn't line up with how we thought it was supposed to go down at the end of the day, then it's more like God's answer to you becomes a suggestion. And, and what he's telling you can't become a suggestion. It has to be a, a command, and it's going to push you into the next thing, and you have to operate it by obedience. And, you know, 40 days, in, when you're in the middle of the wait, it feels long. It feels, uh, you know, uh, laborious. And, and, and I don't want to do this. And, you know, but what I'm going to talk about in a little bit, like in the wait, if you're busy and you're productive, there's still things for you to be doing in the wait. It, it's not just you sitting there with your feet up. Of course, that, that starts making you feel anxious. That starts making you feel, you know, like, uh, where's God? He's not here on my time watch. He's not here, you know. But we have to realize that, you know, impatience uh, is going to drive you into that self-centered feeling. It's going to drive you into making the wrong decisions. I wrote down a couple of examples because um, during your waiting, like I said at the beginning, you can get into anger. You're, you start getting mad at God or you start getting like a chip on your shoulder and then you start taking it out on everybody. You know, it, it alters our personality. And then you start getting doubtful. Well, when you get doubtful, you're not operating in faith anymore. You're operating in doubt. So then that leads to uh, sin. You know, if you're not living in faith and you're living in doubt, that is a sin. So we don't want to be in that position. Um, here's an example I wrote down. What if you're, what if someone who is single, they're tired of waiting. There's, lo there's lots of times 
where you're, you get with somebody that's the wrong person because you're tired of waiting what God has for you. Believe me. Believe me. You want to wait for the right person. You don't ever want to settle because you're trying to do it on your own timeline. Why take all those years of a bad marriage and a bad time and with the wrong person when it's better just to wait in that length and get the right person that God has for you? God has the right person for everybody. And so you can date the wrong person because you're tired of waiting. What about lots of people do this, especially in this day and age, is we take on debt because we're tired of waiting for money to come in. We're tired of waiting for our income to spike up, uh, to catch up with, with different tastes that we like, different things that we want. So charge it, charge it, charge it. You know, we always have a hesitation to uh, use our card at church when it comes to giving to God. But then when it's like, ooh, those shoes, ooh, that purse, ooh, that outfit, that car, that this, you know, ooh, I, I want something right now. It's going to satisfy my current uh, hunger uh, for whatever I want, that new tech thing, that new that. And then we start getting into debt and we start getting into these uh, financial situations all because it was the I want it now mentality. I can't wait. So um, when you cave to impatience, I wrote down, you turn into a people pleaser and you compromise what you are believing God for. When you get, when you live in that impatient stage. So see what the people did in Exodus became Aaron instead of just having a backbone and was like, my brother is speaking with God. He's going to be down here. Just be patient. Instead of him reminding the people like, hey, God brought you out before. Do you remember the plagues? Do you remember the Red Sea? Do you remember you going to get all the silver and gold from the Egyptians and you walking out with it? And, you know, you're going to have plenty. Do you remember, you know, even the remembering. But then what about the promise? We're heading to the promised land. Like instead of Aaron doing that, he became a, a people pleaser. He had the impatience, too. And he started getting like in the ear well, what if he doesn't come down? What if he forgot about us? Maybe Moses is tired. Maybe Moses doesn't want to lead us anymore. Maybe, you know, w w whatever. Maybe he decided he wants to go by himself and doesn't want to take us. And he wants to see the promised land by himself. You become a people pleaser. When you're in, when you're in patience like that, when you cave to that, you become a people pleaser. And you comp compromise what you're believing God for. As soon as you compromise what you're believing God for, that is when your faith stops working. There is no faith in compromising. Co faith will put you in out of your comfort zone. But as soon as you compromise to that, that's when you begin to cave and your prayers are not getting answered. You're getting frustrated. And so, you know, that is something that happened with us because when we moved to Florida, uh, well, we were told to move to Florida by God, it had been a little over a year before we stepped out and did it. And you know, a little bit during that waiting time, I would say it was about hmm, 14 to 15 months from the time the Lord told us and we did it. 
Okay, so when God tells you to do something, you say yes, and you're in that moment. It's like you're in this adrenaline rush. We're at an all-time high. We're doing this. We're going for it. You know, okay, Lord, I said yes. I st I'm stepping out. And then it was like, like whew, nothing. Because Ted was still on staff at his uncle's church. And so when he went in to tell his uncle um, that he was stepping down and he was going back to uh, full-time evangelistic ministry and going to be traveling, um, he thought, you know, I'm going to give him longer, obviously, than two weeks and longer than a couple months. You know, I'm telling him now at the beginning of saying yes to God, we'll give him a few months, uh, get some things situated, all, you know, everything lined up at work, and then we're going to go. Well, his uncle said, I want you to stay on for one more year. Okay, so that right there you know was a shocker and wanted you you're like wait a second God told me this and then do this but you know what as honoring as my my husband is because we we love our church in Virginia Beach it had nothing to do with church had nothing to do we had a home in Virginia Beach like there was no uh reason to leave other than God told us to move down to Florida. And so we, uh, my family was in Virginia Beach, so everything was like good. You know, there wasn't like a bad situation that was pushing us out of there. And so that was like a hard one because you're like, Lord, you told us to move. We said, okay, and now we have to wait. So, you know, in that year, we could have been, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing it. it you know, we, we could have left. It's not like we couldn't have left, but we wanted to honor our pastor, our headship. Not only that he was, uh, you know, Ted's uncle, but honor him as a man of God and stay for what he asked uh, to you know, to leave somewhere the right way. Also, you know, you, you, you said yes, and you're like, Lord, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Here's the momentum to move forward and to do it. But then all of a sudden, we felt like we had to stop. But then we, we realized in that waiting time was preparation time. We took it as a preparation time for when we stepped out in faith for the ministry. So it wasn't a time for a year to be kicking the dirt. It wasn't a time to be doing nothing. It wasn't a time. It wasn't a time to be talking bad about people. It wasn't a time to be, you know, upset that it wasn't on my timeline. God told me to move. I'm out of there. It wasn't anything like that. We stepped back and said, all right, we're going to be here for another year. Let's make it a preparation time. Let's get this in order for when we take off on the road. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so, you know, it, it, I look back because in the moment, in the moment, 
of sometimes being a little frustrated and was like, we're totally missing the boat. God told us to move. You know, you said we're sticking around for another year. We're totally missing the boat. It's not that those thoughts ever crossed my head and I had to like shove them down and was like, stop, Carolyn. <laughs> Be a big girl right now. <laughs> Learn from your husband. <laughs> um, it wasn't that. It was, those are normal thoughts that we're gonna have to push away. But then when we made the move, and like literally that year lifted and we came down here to find the house. It's like God blessed. See, God blessed us right after that waiting time. Right after that waiting time. He was working for us. And to kind of uh, quickly make the story go faster is, we found the rental house. I made literally a list of what I wanted at our house. We moved to Florida because we wanted to come down here because God said move it. And when the year was up, we were ready to go. And we, did, we wanted to check out the area. So I didn't want to like buy a house online without coming down and, and looking around. So found a rental house when we were down here for my father-in-law's camp meeting. The guy had other applicants. He goes, you know what? I just have enjoyed speaking with you and I like you guys so much. I'm ripping up all the other applicants and I want you guys to have my house. So we got the house I wanted with everything on my list that I wanted to have until we bought a house, okay? For the exact amount per month that Ted and I said we wanted to do. So found that in this neighborhood. All right, fast forward, you've heard the story of, of the house that God gave us now. Uh, it's in the neighborhood that we re-rented the house from. I wasn't even for sale with a for sale sign in the front, just happened to come across it one night on Zillow. I was just looking, just looking. I wasn't even in the market to buy at the moment when I did, but found it. Um, fast forward, all this stuff fell through, um, got out of the rental and then bought the house super i mean all of it literally i can't go into detail not because i can't tell you it's just for time's sake supernatural seriously supernatural how god had it for us but then when i come to find out about getting it and the timeline of it how perfect is this because if we were to came come down early the house wasn't going to be for rent that was so perfect for us that guy, that was the first time he was renting it. He had just bought a house and was literally just moved out of it with his family. This was like, we were the first renters ever in his house. And so we would have, that would have never been the right timing for that. Would have never been in the neighborhood that we're in. Would never have found the house that's here. The cool part is when you go back, when I went back and looked at the purchases of the house that we had, it was a foreclosure. So an uh, investor from Miami had bought the house. Well, he couldn't sell it the way it was as it really needed to be like fixed up. And so he went and fixed up the entire thing. I mean, every bathroom redone, every, uh, all new floors throughout the first and second story, everything, everything was redone in the house um and so when the guy bought 
the house. He bought the house a couple months before we moved to Florida and then fixed it up. We're over renting in the same neighborhood, just the neighborhood over. He was fixing it up while we he lived in the same neighborhood. Like, how cool is that story? Fixed it up while we were living in the same neighborhood. Didn't know that until I looked at the timeline of the purchases in on the deeds. Went, he fixed it up and had it for sale. And it was for sale the whole time. The two years that we lived in the neighborhood and rented, it was for sale. And contracts kept going on it, and they'd fall through. Contracts kept going on it, and then there was somebody from, like, one of the islands, Caribbean islands, was going to buy it, and then they couldn't buy it. Something with money being transferred fell through. Uh, right before we bought it, there was another one at the end of the year that the contract was on because I saw that it was pending when I went back to look at it. And I was like, why, Lord, I'm so attracted to that house. Why is it pending again? And then that one fell through, but our contract went through. Our contract went through. We had favor. Everything that we wanted to come in. Now, here's my point. Because you don't see. I didn't see any of that. I just heard an instruction from the Lord. Okay? All of that was longer than 40 days. So. I had all that time in there to be impatient, to say, we're moving regardless. We're not sticking around. You know, this and that. This isn't happening. We're not going to be pre pre uh, preparing anything. You know, but that whole time, that whole time, God was setting us up for a blessing. That whole time, God was preparing this place for us, for stepping out and saying, yes, you'll move when it doesn't look like there's a reason other than, you know, I said so. Here is what you're going to get for being blessed for stepping out. So all of that was happening during our waiting time. How phenomenal is that? I look back at that and I'm like, man. If, if I would have done anything else, if I would have had any other timeline on my own, I would have never received what God had for us. Everything was. It was a smooth transition. So when it came time into moving, I literally just took a moving truck from one neighbor 
neighborhood and just crossed past the clubhouse and moved in. So it didn't have to be one big deal. You know, moving truck, boom, made a few more loads with the truck. Everything was smooth. Everything was easy. And it, it, it's just such a phenomenal thing to show you that God is working during your waiting time. You don't have to be impatient. You don't have to create another idol. You don't have to create another thing where it's going to be an instant gratification. If God said it, he's going to do it. If he promised it to you, it's going to come to pass. We have to trust our God. We have to know the nature of who we serve. We have to understand that. We have to know. I, I mean, if you don't know the nature of your God, how are you going to believe his, his word? For example, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. He's not going to lie. He's going to provide for you. He, you are never going to be without. You don't need to wander around. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to live day by day. You don't need to live off the government. He is where you tap into your pay. He is what you tap into as your source. If you don't tap into the source, how are you ever going to get anything out of it? Right? Example, maple tree in Vermont. You have to tap into the actual tree trunk to, with an actual tap, to get the syrup out, to get what's inside. If you don't ever tap into that tree trunk, you can look at that and say, that must... That must be the most amazing maple syrup ever. Well, you know what? You're never going to taste the goodness of it until you tapped into the tree to get the sap out to get the syrup. So just like God, your heavenly father, he is our Jehovah Jireh. You need to tap in to that source. You need to have a direct tap to that source to get it into your life. All right, Jehovah Rapha, God who heals. We don't ever have to wonder about the nature of our God if he's a healer. His word says that he will heal us. There's not one person in the Bible that he turned away that said, I'm not going to heal you. He touched everybody and they became whole. He touched everyone and they were healed. So you have to understand the nature of your God so you can, can, can continue to trust 
him and you can continue to know that even though there might be a waiting, a waiting period, a waiting time, it's not that he's not working on your behalf. If you go with me uh, to Psalm 27, It says in 13 and 14, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So there's something to it in your patience. There's something to it in in your patience when you're waiting there's two things that you don't want to become you don't want to become a beggar you want to become a praiser you do not want to become a beggar it says in Psalm 37, 25, once I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or, are you godly? Okay, so you're not going to be abandoned or, or their children, that's you, the children of God, their children begging for bread. Okay, so if that's the case, and you go over to Matthew 15, 26, it says Jesus is the children's bread. So you don't have to beg for what's already yours. When you're in the waiting time, you don't have to become a beggar. Lord, please, I'm asking you, Please, if it be your will to heal me. No, it says in the word of God, it is his will and he shall heal you. Lord, are you my provider? Lord, are you my protector? Lord, are you my comforter? Are you my deliverer? Yes, absolutely. That's what he took on his back. That's what he did on the cross. He did all of that for you. So don't become a beggar during your waiting time. Become a praiser. Thank the Lord. Have praises continually be on your lips, continually be in your mouth. Thank him for what he has done. Thank him for what he's doing and thank him for what is going to come to pass. You have to continually be a praiser. Don't be a beggar. And uh, in your waiting time, the second thing, don't become uh, is somebody. It doesn't mean like uh, somebody who's not going to be productive. It's not going to be a low time for you. Don't let your waiting time become a, a low time. 
let it become a productive time. And I say that because um, there's going to be different seasons in life. And in every season of life, God's going to provide for you. And in every season of life, there should be uh, production. You should be a productive Christian in every season of life. So this might be a season. You seem as a little quiet. Uh, I'm in a season of waiting. Lord, there's some things I really need to bust through. I need a breakthrough. Lord, please, it's going to take me. me up to the next level. I need this breakthrough. I need this breakthrough. Well, in Psalm 1, it says, but they who delight in the law of the Lord. See, our job is easy. Jesus did it. He, he did the hard work. He died on the cross. He took the pain. He took the abuse. You know, he took all that. None of you are having a spear jam through your side right now or somebody beating your back with glass on a whip. No one's pressing a, a crown of thorns into your head right now. You know, you're sitting smelling good and looking pretty right now watching. in this broadcast. So he took it all for you. So it says, but they that delight in the law of the Lord. So look how easy that is. You just need to delight in the law of the Lord and you need to meditate on it day and night. You need to take the word for what it's worth. You need to take this word and say, I'm going to make it. It's the Live, I'm going to see it in front of me. I'm going to make it come alive in front of me. What it says, I'm going to have. What it says I can be, I'm going to be. What it says I can do, I'm going to do. So you have to take this word, you meditate on it day and night, and you put it into action. Action. You put it into action. This is this is a holy book. When I say it's not, you know, it's just some. You can look at it. It's a holy book with the answers for our lives in it, with the power that we can operate in. It's not just an any old book. It's not. It's the holy Bible, and then it has to be laid. You know precious on a table. You take care of your Bible, but you use it. It's your weapon. It's your sword. And so it has to be used. And so it says, but they delight in the law of the Lord. That's you. They meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. All right. You're like a tree with a strong foundation on the riverbank. Here we go again. The river is getting water from a source. 
What are you tapped into? What are you connected to? Your strong foundation is going to be based on what you are connected to. And so because you're planted along the riverbank, you're going to bear fruit each season. You're going to see a manifestation. But how? How can you bear fruit each season? Because of where you're tapped into. What are you believing? What are you trusting during your waiting time? Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. So you have to realize during your waiting time, you're not going to become a beggar. You're going to become a praiser. You're not going to need uh, some kind of other idol. You're not going to need another idol of uh Whatever you like. You know, people make daily things their idol. They can make iPads idols, shows idols, things that they crave idols, things that they really like. You know, they can turn them into idols. You're you're not going to do any of that. You're not going to have that impatience, uh, you know, create this person in you that drives you into compromising what you believe. That's not going to be you in the name of Jesus. It's not. So it's not going to be a low time for you. So you're not going to be a beggar uh, and during the waiting time. And it's not going to be a time of no production for you. You're going to produce in any season. So if it's a time that you feel like, hey, I need this breakthrough, that's okay. Keep pressing in. Keep praying. Keep reading the word of God. Keep moving forward. Keep asking the Lord. All right, Lord, during this time of wait, what else can I do? What else are you calling me to do? I'm going to keep bearing fruit. I'm going to keep receiving manifestations. I'm going to keep getting what you have for me. It doesn't have to be where you don't have anything happening in your life in that moment. It's just that one particular thing that you're waiting for this breakthrough on, that you're trying to break through that ceiling. He's still working in your waiting. And so I'm going to finish here in James 1.5. I love James. It's one of my uh, favorite uh, books to read in James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask your generous God and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. And I had written this in my Bible a while back, but I wrote, Just because you don't see him working instantly doesn't mean he's not working constantly. And I heard that from my bishop who we're honoring this Sunday. And it stuck so uh, deep within me because I thought, you know what? We get like that. We think that he's moved on to a bigger problem for somebody else. He's moved on to other things. What I'm going through is not seen. What I'm going through isn't you know, it's not on God's top list, so, you know, he's just not paying attention to it. No, he looks at everything the same across the board. If his child is upset, he's not going to look at you and say, eh, on, on an upset meter, on a scale from 1 to 10, how upset are you? If you're past 7 to 10, then I'm going to pay attention to you. If not, just deal with it. Just deal with it. 
you know, my grace is sufficient for you and it's okay. You just, you learn, you get, you get a testimony out of this. Okay. So that's what we have to understand. He is taking care of us. He cares for your situation. He cares it. The whole scale is important to God. The whole scale is. He does not look at it as uh, insufficient or I'm going to just keep making them wait just to see how they can hang on to that. How much longer do they got in them? I'm going to test this. I'm going to test this. You know, so listen, just know God cares for you. He said, cast your cares, cast your cares. You should care less about a lot more things going on in your life right now. You should literally give them to the Lord. Say, Lord, here's my list of cares. I don't want to wear this on my shoulders anymore. I don't want it in my thoughts anymore. I'm going to continue to work on my patience. I'm going to continue to keep my faith up. I'm not going to compromise what I believe. I'm going to stick it out. I'm tough. You've made me strong. You've given me the word of God that has the answers and I'm going to search for them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to meditate on your word. I'm going to get what you've promised. I'm going after it and I'm not going to let go. And so while you're waiting during this time, uh, during the working time, it's important. We don't put our guard down. We don't. Because just like that story I told you of what God has, and you know, everything has worked out to a T, to a T. I mean, from, the, from living here to the homes he provided for us, not only that, to the studio that I'm sitting in, to now other team members moving down to Florida. I mean, it, it, it literally, I, I look back and I'm like, man, that one instruction and that waiting season has literally open the windows of heaven for the blessing of God on not only my family's life, but for the ministry and then the ones that are connected to me and our ministry. It has opened up a window of blessing. And that's because we trusted God. We continued to speak faith and we continued to be productive. We continued to praise during the waiting time. And that's for you today. That's for you today. God is working in your waiting time. Don't forget the nature of the God you serve. Thank you, Jesus, for each and every person watching today, every person listening to the replay, every person listening now. Lord, thank you for your strength that has come upon us. Thank you, Lord, the promises of your word are yes and amen. You have a specific plan for us. You have uh, the Holy Spirit you've given to us as um, our guide. And so we don't have to wander around. Lord, we know that you are our healer. You're our comforter. You're our deliverer. You're our provider. So if we feel like we're in this waiting time, Lord, I command supernatural strength to each and every person listening. Lord, that they're going to hold the testimony in their hand that they're going to break through this, this barrier that they feel by faith. They're activating their faith in this moment, that they are producers, that they are going to have production in their life, Lord, and, and that this is what they're going to have before the year is over. I'm standing in agreement with them today, that they're going to see what God is 
uh, providing for them, what God is giving to them, and they're getting to their promised land just like the Israelites. They're not going to have a hiccup. They're not going to have other idols come into their, their, their way. They're not going to be uh, tripped up on. They're not going to be discouraged in the mighty name of Jesus for they have the sword of the spirit. They've got the fight in their eyes. They're dressed with the army, uh, with the, with the, the armor of God. They're dressed and ready to get what God's promised to them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I agree with them and I pray amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. You guys are such a blessing in my life. Um, agree with me and say amen. I love you guys. Thanks for sticking it out. Man, Friday already. Like, I need time to slow down. Today is August 1st. No, October 1st. <laughs> okay, I'm still stuck in August. Time has moved forward. I mean, October 1st. Can you guys believe it? Like, I'm already in my mind thinking of up, upcoming travel times and how I have to take out all three of my Christmas trees. Yes, I said three because I kind of love Christmas a lot and I just feel like I want a tree in just about every room of my house. I don't have one in my dining room yet because probably because my dining room sees into my living room with my big tree, but don't put it past me. If I can fit it, I might have one. Oh, oh, you know, it'd be a good place, my bedroom, because then I can see the lights. That would be so pretty in the corner with the white lights glistening in my room. Yes, I love it. Anyway, I love you guys. The winner for today is Janine. Janine, cool. I forget how to say your lot. How you say it? Cool ba. Cool, cool ba. Can you like spell it for me so I can say it? But Janine, you win. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Um, let me know that you got it on here. Respond to the comments so I know that you see that you won. Yes, she got it. She's on there fast. She didn't leave. She's stuck in with me. So Janine, I'm going to get you that beautiful vase. That's how they hit The vase. Vase. And, um, and then I want to see your picture. I want to see what you decided to put in it. Bethany would put meat in it. I would put flowers in it. Some people might put fancy fish in it. Whatever floats your boat, your pretty vase, your pretty vase is coming to you. Um, faith. So at the beginning of the broadcast on Fridays and throughout the broadcast, that link that comes up, carolynshuttlesworth.com forward slash Fridays is what you put and you put in your name and email address and um, then it gets put in this name shaker thing and Tiffany uh, does it and gives it to me. So if you guys are ever mad at who wins, please direct all emails to Tiffany at MiracleWord.com. She'll be glad to take care of that for you. She did take counseling classes in college. So if you need counseling, she's happy to um, tell you to get over it. And that's probably all that she would write back to you. <laughs> Just letting you know in advance. Just letting you know in advance. I love you guys so much. And um, I will be with you next week. I look forward to it. And you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thanks for hanging out with me on Friday. And I'm going to end this with one of my 
favorite videos that I tend to sing almost every Friday around the house. And you know what, Bethany? You got it. Next week, I will bring trivia back for you. And uh, maybe we'll do that on Wednesday or Friday. Haven't decided yet. But I have Friday eyes back there. It gives her more time. So Friday, we'll have trivia next week. <laughs> I love you guys. Have a good weekend. It's Friday.